Hello and welcome to the Hume podcast, where we sit down with people from our community and discover what makes Oldham Hume Grammar School the special place that it is. Alongside our teaching staff, students, alumni and parents, we discuss the topics that really matter to us and delve deep into the heart of our school. I'm Claire Brownlee, Director of External Relations, and I'm here with my co-host, Matthew Grant, Modern Languages teacher and head of Year 8. Today, we're talking about school overseas trips. Our students have the opportunity to travel, to practice their foreign language skills and experience firsthand the culture, customs and politics of other countries. We are joined by Anna Eden, Head of History and Politics, who recently led a trip to Washington and New York, and Mrs. Tracy Kershaw, Head of Modern Foreign Languages, who has led many trips to Europe and further afield over the years. My co-host, Mr. Grant, also leads on some overseas trips and is off to Japan with a group of students later this year. Welcome, Mrs. Eden and Mrs. Kershaw, and of course, Mr. Grant. Let's start with you, Mrs. Kershaw. Why is it important for students to travel and experience other countries as part of their educational journey, do you think? Well, personally, my school trips were life-changing for me. I was brought up in Northern Ireland in the Troubles, way back when it was difficult to go anywhere. And with great enthusiasm, my parents sent me on trips to Barcelona, London, Venice and Rome, organised by the head of modern languages at my school, a lady I'm still in touch with all those years later. After that, I visited Paris semi-independently with more of a linguistic brief. Through all of this, my worldview was expanded, my language skills improved, and I made new friends who weren't necessarily in my year group at school. So I do this now for young people who these days have far more opportunity to travel than I had. Nevertheless, for me, seeing some of the world's greatest sights with my pupils through the eyes of a young person has been the true highlight for me of my career. Do you recognise your feelings in that story as well around uh, Tracy's travels? Yes, definitely. I think it's really important for our students to experience lots of different cultures. And sort of from an educational point of view, I teach A-level politics here. And a third of the percentage points awarded for that A-level are based on the students understanding the American political system and how very different that is in comparison to our own political system. So it really is important. A lot of our students think they understand what America is like because they watch films or TV, or we've got this idea that American culture is very similar to our own. And politically, it's not. It's very, very different. So I think it's really important that they see that sort of of firsthand, more so than I could give them in a textbook or in my classroom. Mr. Grant, what about you? Similar experience? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, I'm a languages teacher as well. So it's a very similar experience to what Tracy's talked about. Um, But what I would just add is that it contextualizes language. You know, we see, they see why they learn a language. Um, and then also in the ones that aren't necessarily languages trips, I think the the cultural capital is the key. So you see things, things that, for example, in Japan, um, the kids will see how clean the streets are. You begin to see, you know, what's wrong with our, well, not necessarily wrong, but the, the things our country does differently that, you know, maybe it could do better. So I think that 
that difference in the culture is is really interesting for the kids and for us. Understanding a language is also about understanding a culture and the customs of that country and being able to kind of access it firsthand rather than just seeing it in a book, I guess, really brings it to life for students. I, it, I didn't have a lot of opportunity to travel as a a schoolgirl and um, apart from in the UK and I think when I first started to travel as a young adult um, I wanted to go on lots and lots of really short trips to lots and lots of different cities rather than go on kind of a two-week beach break because it was just just soaking up the atmosphere of other places because you just expect I don't know I was pretty naive I expected everywhere to be pretty much the same or look like my textbooks looked like and um it's quite eye-opening when you go somewhere else and people are people the world over but the the cultures and customs are so different it's yeah it's a brilliant opportunity for for students to be able to do that as young people with their friends and experience it kind of as a group and with their with their teachers. So, uh, Mrs. Eden, can you tell us a bit about your recent trip to Washington, D.C. and New York? Yeah, so we went to um, New York first in December, and then we followed it up with um, a trip to Washington. Um, we, we called a coach transfer from, from New York to Washington. So it was four days in New York, and we did lots when we were there. We did obviously all the all the important sites, the Empire State. We caught a, fire, a ferry to um, the Statue of Liberty. It was absolutely torrential rain when that was happening. So so that was a real character building exercise for the students. Um, and saw the 9-11 uh, Memorial and Wall Street. Culturally as well, we managed to go and see Chicago on Broadway, which was brilliant. And historically, we had a tour guide who took us around Harlem, so a part of New York that students probably wouldn't visit if they were just your average tourist going to New York. But we had a we had a tour guide who was able to take us all around the civil rights sites, which was really interesting. So we saw where Martin Luther King had spoken, where Princess Diana came when she was visiting um, patients in hospital who had HIV and AIDS, which was obviously really, really good and, and interesting. And then from there, like I said, we went to Washington. Uh, which was also great. That was more of a historic and political tour. Um, like I said, a lot of our students on the trip were studying politics. So as part of that, it was really important that the students were able to see the congressional building, uh, the Supreme Court. Then we saw the historical sites like the, the very famous Lincoln Memorial. A highlight for me, I think, was when, when our students stood exactly where Martin Luther King had stood uh, and took a picture from where he did his I Have a Dream speech and took a picture of that and were ringing home and FaceTiming home. And that was a real highlight. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was a great trip. It was we were expecting it to be really, really cold as well. I, I told the students beforehand, it's December in New York. Make sure you pack lots of things, really, really warm clothes because it's going to be freezing. And actually, it was really, really warm. It was really lovely. It was like a spring day. And then by the time we'd come home, that's when the, the New York storm hit. So I think we timed it right. It was good. Well, I'm super impressed that the students got to stand in the footsteps of Martin Luther King. Actually, my first trip to the States was Philadelphia and I got to stand in the footsteps of um, Rocky Balboa um, on the you know Philadelphia Museum of Art, which was kind of less salubrious, uh, I guess. So 
<laughs> that sounds like a brilliant experience that they had. It was. It was super. I think we took 20 students in total. And like I say, the majority were history and politics students. It was pitched to our sixth form students. So if you were studying history of politics, you were sort of given first come first served. But we actually ended up taking students who were studying sciences and economics and all manner of, of subjects. They were also able to come along. So it was nice. Yes, it had that historical and political focus. But like we said, it was that cultural experience that they got from it as well. And for a lot of them, it was their final year in year 13. It was sort of a really nice opportunity for them to get out, uh, celebrate the fact that this was going to be their last year at school as well. So yeah, it was lovely. Okay. And Mrs. Kershaw, um, you've led a huge number of um, trips to European destinations and further afield, some of which, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of accompanying you on. Can you tell us a bit about those? Oh yeah. Over my career so far, I've been involved in over 20, no, over 40, over 40 foreign school visits um, from Annecy, Chamonix and Paris in 1990 with my first school, right up to the most recent MFL trip to Barcelona in 2019, led by yourself, Mr. Grant. The next year, COVID put paid two visits in 2020 to Andalusia, only three weeks pre-departure and later that academic year, New York City had to be cancelled. I've travelled on multiple occasions to Germany, France, Spain, New York. I've been to Iceland, West Coast, USA with, I suppose, really hundreds of students. And I'm convinced that they remember these valuable experiences much more than lessons learnt in the classroom. Yes, they get to practice their languages and eat the local food while we're there. And the capital cities are like magnets for us, really, because there's nothing like a capital city, really, to allow students to, to see the main sites that are involved in, uh, in the culture of the country. So, Mr Grant, you're also, as you've said, uh, a modern languages teacher and have led on trips to Spain. But you've also... Um, accompanied many trips, some as far afield as Ghana and, and China. Tell us a bit about your experience, not only to the ones about the ones closer to home, but those more far-flung ones. They must have been quite something. I've had a, a really great experience on all of these trips, really. You know, it's a lot of organisation, um, but as soon as you're there, it's worth it. Like, um, similar to what Tracy said really earlier, you know, I was fortunate enough to go on these trips um, as a child now I feel like I'm paying it forward. Um, and then from the pupil's point of view, it's it's really nice to kind of see them in a different context outside of the classroom. You can find out a bit more about the pupils. You get to know them a bit more um, than you would when you have to teach them a certain thing by a certain time. And also, I think the, the Ghana trip was just something completely different. And um, it was run by uh, Mr. DL, who's, who's sadly no longer at Hume. But that was, you know, that was three weeks in Ghana. They did fundraising for it and they helped out with a, a local school. And it, I think for our kids in particular, it really kind of, for a lot of them, it was their first real experience of seeing poverty directly. Um, and it, you know, helped them kind of realise how privileged they are to live in a, a country like we do. And also it kind of instilled in them a sense of wanting to improve the lives of people who aren't as fortunate across the globe. Um, so I think, you know, all of the kids that went on that Ghana trip really took a lot away from it. Yeah, it was it was definitely not a holiday, was it? No, it was no. <laughs> uh, it was hard work, a brilliant experience for them, but uh, definitely not a holiday. So you're off to Japan at the end of March. 
That sounds pretty exciting. What's it been like planning that? And, and what are you going to be doing whilst you're there? It's, it's a bit crazy, a bit of a crazy thing to do. But for me, the seeds of this trip were, were sown right at the beginning of the first lockdown because obviously at Hume, we did an excellent job of sticking to the timetable while working at home. But it meant that we had a lot more free time, as everyone did. Um, and at the time, I was... I was single and I was living alone. I decided to make the most of this free time by learning a new language on Duolingo. Um, and I settled on Japanese as Japan was somewhere that I'd always wanted to go to. Um, and then fast forward a few years time, I'm still doing my Duolingo on uh, my Japanese on Duolingo. Current streak is over a thousand days, but I'd been talking to some of the students and I realized I wasn't the only one who who wanted to go to Japan. And there's real interest amongst kids nowadays in things like manga and anime um, and in the gaming culture as well. So, and I knew that Mrs. Vose, um, who's been on here multiple times, listen back if you're interested, <laughs> but um, she is really, um, she runs an anime club and Mr. Rawlings, um, who's also lived in Japan, um, he ran a Japanese club. So I could see... There is real interest among the pupils. So I decided to launch a trip thinking, you know, maybe if we're lucky, we'll get 20 students. Um, but in the end, it, it was double that. So it has been a lot of work to prepare, but, you know, it will be worth it. You know, I'm getting really excited now. We're going in a month. And then on the trip itself, the main destinations are Tokyo, Hiroshima and Kyoto. So there'll be loads of different activities encompassing a wide range of subjects and skills. So we'll be... Um, sushi making we'll be drawing calligraphy we'll be spending some time in the baseball batting cages which I'm slightly scared about um, I, I hadn't realized until this that baseball is actually the national sport of Japan so yeah that was quite an interesting discovery um, and then in addition to that we'll be going to lots of temples and museums we hopefully will be able to catch a glimpse of Mount Fuji uh, we'll be going everywhere on the bullet train and, you know, for a lot of our students, it'll probably be their first experience of a train running on time. <laughs> uh, so. Sounds great. Where do I sign up? <laughs> uh, well, there might be some room in my suitcase. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> I mean, that's not a weekend trip, is it? How long are you there no, for? No. So we're there for, well, we were originally there for 10 days, um, but then the airline decided to well, move the flights to a day before. So I managed to negotiate an extra day at no further cost, which I, <laughs> I was very pleased about in the end. Um, so yeah, 11 days. We're going from, uh, I think it's the 28th of March to the 7th of April. Excellent. Well, no less exciting than Japan for you, Mrs. Kershaw, Mrs. Eden. And um, we've got trips to France and Berlin later in the year, haven't we? So let's start with you, Mrs. Kershaw. Tell, tell us about your... France planned trip for later in the year. Yep, this is the first MFL trip since COVID, so thank goodness we can go again. And this time we're going to go to a PGL centre near Paris and our activities will include trips to the main Parisian attractions as well as a day at Disneyland Paris. The PGL centre has got outdoor facilities on a huge site that we'll be able to use for team building activities while we're there. And we felt this was particularly appropriate this year, given that we're deepening the process of going co-ed from September. So we're all very excited about that. The students are excited. And like Mr. Grant's trip, it was heavily oversubscribed. So it's yeah terrible to have to disappoint some, some young people and not be able to take them. But the centre is absolutely full when we're going to be there. And, and that first trip 
away after COVID is that's that's a kind of milestone isn't it oh definitely because there was so much disappointment when everybody had to stay at home and also leading trips like this is there's so much responsibility involved and really it's another COVID was adding other layers to that so fortunately we seem to have come through that and hopefully we won't be back there again back on the road to traveling Mrs. Eden, the Berlin trip, tell us more. Yeah, it's, um, I'm still in the process of organising it really, but we are initially planning for it to happen in December of, so the end of this year, December 2023. It's going to be a trip that's going to be pitched to our students in year 10 and above. And yeah, because I'm sort of in that infancy stage of organising it, I'm obviously helped here by the very uh, able Mrs. Kershaw, who's been to Berlin before. We've got a whole host of different places that we're planning on seeing, but with a, a focus on helping our students contextualise their Cold War understanding. So at GCSE History here, a quarter of our course is on the Cold War. So it's going to be really great for the students to actually see the remnants of the Berlin Wall, to actually see what Checkpoint Charlie was. So it's going to have that Cold War element. And also we um, study Nazi Germany, like every single history student since the dawn of time. Um, so it's going to be really good for the students to see uh, to see that in action as well. So, yeah, it's going to be great. Very much looking forward to it. Sounds great. And uh, of course, we can't possibly talk about overseas school trips without talking about the ski trip. Um, I think we can safely say this is less educational and more about getting out and having fun. So why... Why is a ski holiday such an intrinsic part of the school year? Well, I'm not a skier myself and I don't particularly like the cold. But but my children, when they were pupils in the junior school, both went skiing and returned very competent skiers. So it was very educational for them and extremely enthusiastic about the whole experience. So the ski trip really in the school year is, is like a trip like no other. Similarly, I'm not a skier either. In fact, if my dad was in the room right now, he'd probably tell you about the time where I got tobogganed down a Canadian mountain because I fell and I point blank <laughs> refused to get back on my skis. So yeah, no, I'm not a skier. Um, probably more about the apres ski and a nice hot chocolate at the bottom. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, it, it's it's that opportunity, isn't it, for students to actually get out, bond over the fact that they fall over and uh, everybody can get away and experience team building away from the school classroom in a different yeah. country as well. It's definitely a steep learning curve, I expect, for, for a, a non-skier a non to leave the UK and then return a skier. Having learnt to ski at university, I can safely say it was a steep learning curve and I don't think I ever really plateaued off at all. Very bad skier. Awful, in fact. <laughs> Should have gone on the ski holiday at school, obviously. So I'm the only non-teacher in this conversation, which kind of puts me in a position where I get to ask the cheeky question really every time um, you get teachers talking about school trips and not just here but when I've you know talked to teachers elsewhere there's always plenty of kind of anecdotes of funny things that have happened are you prepared to share some of those on record any of you have there been funny or interesting things that have happened on any of your trips that you're prepared to share mrs kersher you were going to come in with a anecdote oh i was yes this uh, this is one of the pieces of modern human history um because really students involved in the west coast usa trip in 2010 got a bit more than they bargained for because they had to stay over a week longer in america because of the air travel issues caused by the ash cloud 
So, you know, that was a very long trip. I think it amounted to about 16 days in the end uh, that students were away from home. So I think there was an element of fun to it, but um, I think parents were very anxious. Um, students were getting a bit fed up and the piles of laundry were getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah, it seems like fun for the first couple of days, isn't it? Yay, we don't have to go home. And then after three days... It- the shine has kind of worn off that, I I expect. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> Mrs. Eden, what about you? I can't really think of anything as good as that, to be honest. I suppose in our recent trip to New York, one thing, obviously it was a, it was a long flight time. We had gone from Manchester to Paris and then Paris to JFK in New York. And after that really long flight anyway, when we actually got to JFK, if you asked the students how long they had to wait at JFK. I think that would go down in, in Hume history as well. It, it felt like time literally stopped and we were frozen because going through immigration at JFK took about six hours, you know, in this horrible snaked, <laughs> this snaked line of people that never seemed to go down. But no, nothing, nothing too, too scandalous, I suppose. Oh, there's the, I suppose I've said to you, didn't I, Mrs. Kershaw, the, um, there was the opportunity for us to break the law when we were there, courtesy of an NYPD police officer who, uh, when we went down to the subway, said to us in that particular particular New York way, where are you guys from? Are you guys from England? And we were like, yes, we are. You know, we're from Manchester. She got very excited about that. And let us go on for free. Just let all 20 of us go. And our tour guide couldn't believe it. He was like, this never happens. This absolutely never happens. So clearly, if you manage to find yourself an NYPD NYPD police officer say that you're from Manchester and it gets 20 students and three members of staff through the gates so yeah that was pretty good excellent note to self (laughs) I'll aim to try that one in Japan (laughs) yeah yeah, just maybe wear like a Manchester United football shirt or something Instagram or you know really make it clear (laughs) (laughs) or city so (laughs) yes let's make sure that we're not partisan in in respect of our football teams we love them both can I just add one one final thing um, which I hope everyone agrees on is that if you are in the position to send your children or if you're a pupil at Hume listening to this go on the school trips okay you absolutely have to they're like Mrs Kershaw said like Mrs Eden said they are life-changing experiences I wouldn't be who I am today without having traveled you know I my travels made me uh, want to live abroad I lived in Mexico for three years as a result of that and these trips are you know they're a lot of work on our part but we enjoy them because we get to see you grow into yourselves really and and get to experience all these incredible things and incredible places so do go on the trips i urge you to if you are in a position to be able to that's brilliant i think that's a sentiment that's shared by all teaching staff that take children away on trips both in the UK and overseas isn't it that it's so so enriching and if there is an opportunity to engage with with school trips then definitely definitely go for it not only yourselves but the children get so much from it and then they come home and tell their parents about it so you know the ripple effect of those trips must be quite quite big as well you'd agree Mrs Eden and Mrs Kershaw certainly agreed Thank you so much for sharing your stories of trips past and your plans for trips future. Um, And I'm sure you've um, inspired 
more of our pupils, students to consider going on overseas uh, trips in the future. Um, so let's keep our fingers crossed for many more to come and let's hope there isn't a COVID interruption again or anything similar and let's keep those trips going. Thanks very much for your time today. That's it for this episode and thank you for listening. To find out more, check out the school website ohgs.co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.